Maximilian searched for them in the carriage house and the cattle shed, even had a look in the spring house, although he knew almost at first glance he wouldn't find them there. Rudy wouldn't hide in a place like that, dank and chill, no windows and so no light, a place that smelled of bats. It was too much like a basement. Rudy never went in their basement back home if he could help it, was afraid the door would shut behind him and he'd find himself trapped in the suffocating dark. Lightning recap in, what's the name of the story again? Abraham's Boys. Abraham's Boys by Joe Hill. Uh, two sons discover their father's secret. You've got a little time? We've got a little podcast? This is Short Story Short Podcast. We're off to a great start today. Fantastic. <laughs> he said after having edited out the last part. <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep that in. Please leave it in. I beg you. I beg you. I'm fine with my human foibles that I have, including apparently the inability to pronounce the word foibles. I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. You know what? It's fine. Uh, the story was fine. That's right. We read a story, Abraham's Boys, by <laughs> Joe Hill. <laughs> um, he might be reconsidering the title now, hearing that neither of us can freaking remember what it is for some reason, even though it's a very memorable story. It is a memorable story, and Joe Hill is a memorable dude. Uh, ran into him at Worldcon in Dublin, Ireland. That's a country, and uh, it was great. I talked to him about the uh, the woman of the or the lady of the dunes. Uh, the famous uh, unidentified woman that he'd been doing work with and there's Jaws and he was great. And we took a picture of us both looking like Muppets. And uh, that has nothing to do with this story. <laughs> very little, very little to do with this story. I, I seem to have like a fever dream of there being Muppets involved somehow though. So maybe, maybe I was just uh, hallucinating again. We're going to have to check your dosages. <laughs> might want to, might want to, yeah. What, what's interesting about this story, this is another one of those stories that uh, Joe Hill does some of. Uh, you get a lot of it from Gaiman. You get a lot of it from uh, Philip Jose Farmer. They're stories that are based within a known literary world. And we are seeing another aspect of it. Uh, I think it was uh, Theodora Goss uh, with the, uh, the, was it the alchemist's daughter? Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wonderful stories that take known entities and extend it beyond the box that we have it in already. It's He's, it's really amazing to think of what you can do just by changing the point of view and the perspective, changing what characters you focus on and whose heads you get into. And I think this story is is definitely proof of that because we have such a different tale than we we get of, of Van Helsing um, in Dracula because uh, spoilers, I guess. No, you, you should have read the story. <laughs> you, you knew, you knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the, the Abraham in question here is a Abraham Van Helsing of, uh, of Dracula. Yeah. And we get to see <laughs> Abraham Van Helsing, the teaching papa. And I think what's great about that is the idea that a character that is so ingrained in horror literature, in the English language at least, has a life beyond that, which also includes that. It's, he is passing on the traditions. And we get a great... I laughed while I was reading the staking portion of this story. <laughs> 
because I could see myself trying to teach my sons how to stake a vampire and it not going well at first and then it going very well. <laughs> I can see that happening too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's definitely, I mean, uh, the, the Abraham here, he is, he is a teacher at heart. He's not one to run away from a teaching moment and boy, does he ever get one. When his his eldest son starts to starts to figure out his secrets. Yeah, and I think that there is a lot of elements of the interaction between what we know going in, which is something, and what we know coming out, which is a lot more. And in between what happens, I think, is we see the subtle shifting. Because the way that Van Helsing is presented in Dracula at least as far as I remember, because I don't think I've read it since I was in high school, which was in a decade called The Past, uh, was he was very much to the point, let's get her done. And it's a little looser here. Uh, And in particular, the dialogue is just great. And at first I thought, well, maybe someone copied and pasted this poorly, or it's a translation of a translation. Um, And then I realized, no, 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 that was style choice. it seems, though, that that's how he speaks, how Abraham Van Helsing, I should be specific, speaks in Dracula um, with the, the mainly, I think, the, the shift in tenses, like a mistaken present tense when it should be past or, you know, um, there's a quote and I'm going to go ahead and be forthright. This is literally straight off of the Wikipedia article for uh, Abraham Van Helsing. Uh, My heart bleed for that poor boy, that dear boy. Uh, so you see that right there. It should be my heart bleeds, but my heart bleed. Mm-hmm. Or I can only deduce, their father began, from your ransack of my private study, you have finally developed interest in the secret work to which I sacrifice so much. I have in my time killed six of the undead by my own hand. Uh, the last, the diseased bitch of the, in the picture, I keep hid in my office. Uh, I didn't, for some reason, I don't remember it being so uh, Dutch. <sighs> it is quite Dutch, yeah. And then I, I really liked something I noticed. It's just a tiny little thing, but when you notice it, you can't not notice. Uh, where Joe Hill, he uh, gives a little bit of a, an homage to Dracula, even in the, the, the language that he uses. His description of Abraham Ben Helsing um knew him from the way he held his head the careful almost stiff way it was balanced on the thick barrel of his neck all right okay well that's joe hill let's look at what uh the description of him in dracula because uh he's he's described man of medium height strongly built with his shoulders set back over a broad deep chest and a neck well balanced on the trunk as the head is on the neck so there's that issue of balance in in the the physical form between different aspects of your physical form that shows up in both places, and I really appreciated that. Even as, as small as it is, and as unlikely as I think most people are to notice, unless they happen to go over and read the Wikipedia article on Abraham Van Helsing. <laughs> and I think what's great about how Joe Hill approaches this is he does a couple of neat little things. There are a couple of of homages here and there where you can tell that things are, are directly lifted in the description is definitely one of them. Um, I did not go to the Wikipedia article, uh, but I kind of figured he was actually doing that, honestly, because uh, a little later on, uh, later I shall unfold to you, I believe is also directly taken from uh, Dracula. Uh, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one to use because... <laughs> 
it fits the character so well. It fits the moment so well. It's very evocative as a phrase and unusual. I like mm-hmm. I like that he chose that as one of his his things to bring over from the original Dracula. Yeah, and what's really interesting is Joe Hill's writing in general and Bram Stoker's writing in general not entirely similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Stoker is much more about setting tone through wordiness, whereas Joe <laughs> is much more interested in setting tone through flow. And I think really, I have a, I remember having a hard time with Dracula when I was first reading it like years and years ago as a miniature goth kid in Santa Clara High School. Um, but I definitely see how when you read Joe Hill, his words build upon one another in a way that even his dads don't, I think. I think you get a much easier read through it. And I think part of that is just the age in which they came up. Uh, there are a lot of people I know who think that Joe Hill is basically uh, doing Stephen King fiction, like word for word uh, in, at times. And I don't see it. I see him as being much more nuanced, uh, as much as I love Stephen King. Uh, he wrote a couple of books, you know. He's written one or two, yeah, yeah. From what I from what I understand, mm-hmm. yes, I think um, there's also the issue of of endings. I think that is a, a controversial aspect of Stephen King's writing, and we see Joe Hill diverting from that, and that he gives us kind of a kind of some closure, which is something that Stephen King is not super excited about doing sometimes. <laughs> or actually, and I do like that. Uh... King does use Deus Ex Machina to notable effect, um, but Hill doesn't quite so much. And I think that the the end of this story is the single most impacting portion of the entire thing. I read from the text. Uh, he put the tip of the stake where his father had showed him and struck the hilt with the mallet. It turned out it was all true. What the old man had told him in the basement There was wailing and profanity and a frantic struggle to get away, but it was over soon enough. Just awesome. (laughs) I know. I know. I really, really love the ending of this story. I love how nothing is wasted too. how we come full circle and and we we echo back in multiple ways. You know, um, the the younger brother Rudolph's uh, aversion to the basement is is used uh, towards the end and then we have that even you know closer in time echo of you know how his father described killing vampires to what uh what what max does in reality and yeah there's there's a lot of echoing i think and that's something that is is used to great effect here absolutely and i think character wise max is i don't know if i would say max is a pumped up Mary Sue in the best possible way. I can see it. But I kind of get that feeling. But the thing is, there are 100% reflections, of course, of uh, Abraham in Max. And what I like in recent, a lot of, I think more recently than uh, ever before, Van Helsing has become a character of his own outside of just being a part of the story of Dracula. We have the film Van Helsing. We have... uh, all the other sort of a uh, lot of textual references to him. I want to say is in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, one of the versions that has. That's really interesting when a character can live outside of its native story. What I like about that is that you have to hang more onto it. 
Because if you just hang all the same stuff from the first thing, it's the first thing. And I think Max as a character is great. And what I also realized and didn't get to watch in time was there is a film version of Abraham's Sons. Really? I had no idea. There is a short film made, I believe, in 2009, 10, 12, 16. Uh, I saw it on the IMDb, uh, which is the second most gone to site for me. Um, uh, same, I'm, uh, but also app. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly in my IMDb app. <laughs> yes, uh, I don't do I don't do apps. Bah, I say bah. Um, I think this story has a lot going for it when you go into it, and as the things unfold, it not only richens the story, but it makes you want to go outside the story to get the other little pieces. Exactly, like to Wikipedia per se. Um, <laughs> I really, I also appreciate that. Okay, so. Full disclosure, when I first read this, it was in grad school. I had never read Dracula. I think I might have seen Van Helsing, but I'm not 100% sure on that. It might have been something else. Um, so really, my knowledge of the world where this all originated was as scant as could possibly be. And I was still able to appreciate that story. I think that's the hard line to walk when one takes, you know, puts their own spin on characters from another writer's universe is that you need to be able to reach both those who have read the original text and those who haven't. And Joe Hill does that successfully here. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I wore too much eye makeup in the 90s to not have read Dracula. Um, <laughs> and I think actually one of the, my gateway drug to Dracula was actually the film uh, with Gary Oldman and Ooh. Winona Ryder. Um, that was my entry and, you know, it made me read the book. Um, and realized that I am not meant for <laughs> Bram Stoker style writing. But this is not Bram Stoker style writing. And that's why I love it, is that mm -hmm. there is something essential to the character that Hill takes and runs with and makes it just so great. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's, I feel like he intentionally chose the children of Van Helsing, who, um, according to Wikipedia, again, uh, has a son, but the son died and the wife is still alive. So Joe Hill kind of like reanimated the son and killed off the wife. Um, so it happens. <laughs> we contain multitudes. Yeah. So I think that aspect of it really was a smart move to use the sons because we have this more youthful point of view and you can sort of, I don't want to say get away with, but you can make the language a little bit more simple and a little less convoluted than in older literature like Bram Stoker and not be accused of mo too much modernization or whatever. So here's my question for you, Christy. Is this a coming of age story? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I wasn't expecting that. What was your answer? Kind of. <laughs> I feel definitely there, there's that there's that moment of becoming and realization of who you are and who you are meant to be that Max goes through as soon as he realizes that he can do exactly what his father did and then uses that against his father very much. I feel like that is um, the heart of coming of age and it, he just staked, staked it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I don't know how that metaphor is working or if it's working or what it's doing, but um, points for trying, I guess. Uh, it works like a truck. Uh, got anything else on this one? 
Um, no, just I really enjoyed it. It was it was nice to revisit it about uh, I'd say probably like five or so years after my first experience with this story. And uh, yeah, really um, good time, and it's good for spooky season. That's right. Hey, you know, we're still going to be in spooky season next week. We are absolutely going to be in spooky season. So I think we should read uh, The Landlord by Road Doll. That is the, the name of the story we're reading next week, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I think reading the story next week will be a good idea. Uh, uh, yeah, fewer drugs. I should do fewer drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Different drugs. Expand. Different. <laughs> I have a, I have a bin. <laughs> literal bin (laughs) there's variety here trust me there's variety (laughs) well until then this fever dream has been short story short podcast